Welcome to Lagrange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science, technology, and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia, through a youth organisation with members aged 15 to 25, whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Today with us, we have Lauren. Hello. And Camille. What's up? And I'm Justin. On this week's episode, we have 3D printers and the future of 3D printing in our society, which has applications in creating organs, bat wings, bat man, and some resume ideas you might want to consider. We're going to kick off with our Launchpad News section. In the Launchpad News section, we're going to be looking at 3D doodlers, which is pretty much a 3D pen which you can draw in 3D and they've started a Kickstarter for it and so they've been making prototypes where you can draw three 3D boxes, Eiffel Towers, you can make dinosaurs. Like if So you, like if you draw on a piece of paper instead of drawing just flat, flat you, you, draw actually, you can you draw, draw up. up into the air. Up. Sideways, you know. It's kind of like when you're at the beach and you've got like soft sand and then you make yourself those little towers. Yeah, yeah, the wet wet sand and you yeah. make little dribble towers. But I... but that's terrifying because I suck at drawing. <laughs> or I'm okay at drawing, so I draw really sketchy. So I have a pencil and I draw like thirty lines and then maybe one of them is good, like kind of approaches good. And I hate drawing in pen because you have to choose one line and that's gotta be good, otherwise God help you. But with a 3D printing pen, if you can't draw a million lines because it's actually a physical object. So if I drew like a box, for instance, it'd have like 10 lines and one of them would be like the actual line I would want to use. But I think with that is because you'd be drawing up, it'd be more straight than if you were... Have you tried drawing your hand and be like, ah, oh, I'm going to shake? Yeah, what if you don't, you're not like exactly, you don't have surgeon's hands, so you haven't got those that steady grip and you end up with like, instead of a line, it's like more jaggedy. And I think you'd have to move it quickly then. And it's really easy to move on a flat surface because you actually get a flat line, but once you start you're going up, yeah, you've mm. got no reference datum, so it actually makes it really hard. Well, when in the video, they the lines weren't exactly that straight. That's the thing. I was more like, ooh, just yeah. a casual sketch, except in 3D. And that's the one thing you learn about sketching is you actually have to really commit. You go one line, no hesitation, just do it. And that actually ends up being not too bad, but it takes a lot of practice getting used to. Yeah, you'd have to practice a lot. But in this 3D thing, what happens is you put it like some plastic in it and there's different colored plastics you can get. And the pen melts it really quickly. And so as you're drawing, it dries. And then I'm not quite sure how they'd like stop the video. Well, it's probably just an extrusion process coming yeah. out of it. So we'll probably talk about that now when we explain how 3D printing works. Yes. We've just been talking about 3D pens and sketching in 3D, which is, I guess is pretty cool. But I still don't understand how 3D printing works. So It's pretty much like your average printer, except instead of printing just your 2D, it goes in the third dimension. So so instead of like printing on a piece of paper once, it just keeps making... If I put that piece of paper through the printer like 10,000 times... You get layer upon layer, layer upon layer. layer, which eventually forms the shape you're trying to print. Yeah, and it like makes them in different like shapes. Like rather than having a mold or a subtractive process, like if I was making a sculpture and like, oh, I'm gonna cut into this so I can make a sculpture of your face, Lauren. For example, um, that's taking away. But rather, three D printing is um, adding things rather than trying to make a shape from another shape. It's creating its own shape through layers and layers and layers of different shapes altogether. So most of our manufacturing processes are subtractive. So 
if we um, cut something out of wood on a lathe or metal on a lathe or on a big press or milling machine, we're actually wasting a lot of metal or wood or material because we're cutting it all the way. Um, Moulds are an additive process, but you kind of have to really commit and know what you want to make. And you also have to make that first mould. Yeah. Whereas with 3D printing, you're actually making something completely new from scrap, so from first principle, so you're not actually making any waste, which is really cool and really efficient. And very resourceful, I guess, in the way you would make things. And then as the technology improves, we'll be able to make more and more things. Like right now, it's mainly plastics and metals, I think. No, I think mostly just plastic because you actually have to melt it. Mm. I I guess you could do the same process with metals, but you would need to have it really really hot. hot. Yeah, be like... But I feel like I've read somewhere that someone's been doing 3D printing with metal. I I think they've have experimented with aluminiums and uh, carbon yeah. fibers and a lot of other things like that for aircraft structures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a much more difficult process, and you certainly wouldn't be able to hold it in your hands. No. Because the other thing about plastic is it runs a little bit, but metal it's so hot that you need to have it on a, on a in, a, in an object or a mold or something to, mm. to store it as you're adding it together, but also to make sure it doesn't run away. Like, it takes longer to cool down, whereas plastic sort of cools really quickly and just dries. Yeah, which is good, and that's why... There's currently research um, into 3D printing and things being done at not just universities all over the world, but local universities, isn't that right? Yeah, so um, a lot of universities in Melbourne are really big into manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Universities such as Swinburne, Deakin and RMIT have great nanomaterials and um, advanced manufacturing research labs. Monash University in Clayton also just built a brand new precinct where they build things with 3D printers, where they're experimenting into advanced structures. So I know Monash University has an interest in nanostructures from an aeronautical or a, a nanotechnology perspective. Swinburne has a big interest in manufacturing, as does RMIT. RMIT really wants to know about aircraft structures, lightweight metals for cars, and all those kind of things. So industry is saying, hey, this is really awesome, and the universities are saying, hey, we can help you with that. So if you've got an interest in manufacturing engineering like this, there's a lot of places in Melbourne that are doing it. So if you want to do a fancy PhD topic or just have an interest as an engineering undergraduate, there's plenty of places to find out more. And now you don't have to just use printers. You can use pens. Well, that's right. You can you can you don't even need a big printing machine. You can actually just have pens. It's becoming more accessible to, so like, normal people i guess rather than just like oh yeah it's fancy science mm-hmm. spend millions and millions upon dollars just to yeah. get a one massive printing machine because soon enough like 3d printers are all going to be in our homes rather than and that's what's spend. really cool there's a thing called the MakerBot, which is a basically a diy 3d printing machine that's existed for a couple of years now and you can get them uh they're great you have to assemble them a bit yourself and it requires a little bit of programming but it costs all up about seven thousand dollars well, what do you think about that? For what you can produce anything with $7,000 worth of investment, that's a pretty good deal. That, that's right. I think in Big Bang Theory, there was an episode about this. Wasn't It was like kind of recent-ish where they created their own little um, figurines themselves. Yeah. and that's Maybe a- like a gummy bear? <laughs> so we're going to move away from the explanation of 3D printing now and into actually some explanations about things you can do with 3D printing. So you've got your 3D printer, whether it be a pen, a giant industrial machine, or a small MakerBot in your backyard shed. What are you going to do with it? (laughs) Well, in Japan, Valentine's Day is typically a day that girls and women present chocolates and gifts to their males. Yeah. In March, 
March 14th specifically, um, is the day for boys and males to present um, presents back to the females that they got them from in February. Yep, and women create 3D printed chocolate heads for Valentine's Day. Of themselves or of their partners? Of of themselves, the chocolate head of the person. But now what they're letting the men do is create a tiny edible gummy replica of themselves for White Day. Well, to that... give back the people who gave them chocolate heads. Yeah, so if you girl. give your face to this guy, so so Camille, you really like Lauren, you give her my, your my face. My chocolate face. <laughs> and Lauren goes, this is a bit awkward. How do I respond with this? I know I'm going to give her a gummy version of myself. <laughs> Pretty much. And so what happens is they get a full body 3D scan and then 3D model on the computer is made and instead of using plastic, they use, like, gummy material, like, lolly stuff. And so they get a miniature man. And that's really cool because if you have the mould, if you get to keep the mould, you can make chocolates, cakes, ice creams, ice cubes yourself using that mould. And I think that's one of the really cool things about 3D printing is it takes away, like, this kind of stuff's existed for years, but it was such an intensive and expensive process that you wouldn't get molds for your own stupid interests made up because you couldn't convince a company to do it but now this is so cheap and easy you can do you don't need an expensive mold you can just make one for yourself this actually leads into something else that has been happening a man has been going he's going out there and looking for a job and instead of sending out brochures and resumes he's sending out a model of his head is that is that so he can get ahead of the competition (laughs) exactly and as he said from his blog, mail-out idea. Time for me to get some new business in the door. In addition to email, social media, meetings, and word of mouth, I thought I'd send out 10 3D printed heads to 10 key prospects. I quite like the line, tiny head, big ideas, as in real life I do have a small head. Wish me luck. And I, I think I'd be a bit creeped out, to be quite honest, if I received one of these heads. Like, it doesn't even say anything. It, it's just his head, like a miniature... Well, he's a designer, I'm assuming. I hope so. Because otherwise this is a bit weird. Um, I guess it really helps because one of the big problems as, an, as a person who does business meetings, when you receive a whole bunch of business cards, then you have to go, who was this person? And, like, I wish sometimes I could, like, have Google Glass or something. I could just take photos of everyone I meet so then I could go, you, you associate with this name. If yeah. you send me a head, I am never... Ever going to you forget never... who you are? Oh, you're the cre- guy who sent me the head. Oh my gosh! Wow, I really like your work. <laughs> and if you're an innovative designer, always trying to cutting edge and things like that, that makes sense because I know Lego for their marketing and HR guys, they have their business cards are actually Lego minifigures designed to look like them. Oh my god! With their contact details written on the back, which is a really cool way to do marketing. So if you're a designer, you're doing kind of eccentric, weird things, I guess 3D printing opens up a lot of doors to really show off your creativity and, and your expertise. Yeah, and this gives them a good idea of what you look like. The only thing about this is it actually reminds me of the Emperor's New Groove, where they've got the bus of Kuzco's head, and Yzma's got the giant mallet where she's smashing it. So if you get fired, I assume your bosses get to smash the plasticine um, version of your head. <laughs> oh, that's, that's one way to, uh, you know... Remove you from the corporate roster. Um, So that's a really cool way to use 3D printing for like silly cosmetic purposes or trying to win over a mate or a company to work for you. What about people who are using 3D printing for like really interesting and life-saving applications? 
So you've won over your object of your heart's desire with your fancy 3D printed chocolate. And uh, unfortunately, you've spent a whole great life together, but they've developed heart problems and oh in old age. But it's okay, because 3D printing can help you there too. I blame the candy. <laughs> well, maybe not probably associated with that. But if you're having heart issues, what they're doing now is developing 3D printed hearts. So in the past, we've relied on pig's hearts, pig heart valves or from cows or other animals to, you know, graft into our own hearts to sort of replace them when they either get weak or um, have issues with them. So what they're doing now is actually creating specially designed 3D printed hearts with incredible accuracy molded to your own heart. So the big difference before, you could make a generic kind of heart and say, hey, this is like the heart. And it didn't really line up with what you had because everyone's hearts are very different. Even between the two sides of the heart, they're very different. And this enabled you to create an exact heart match or valve match or parts of it matched entirely to your body. And plastic's really great to use, and especially if you cure it using ultraviolet light, because then you don't have any bacteria or anything to worry about on the heart in terms of contamination. So this would really help with organ rejection, because usually when you're introducing foreign material into the body, you get an immune response activated, and it says, oh no, you're you're not self, let's get rid of you. However, it's made of plastic chances are it's not going to well hopefully hopefully it doesn't activate that response i see one of the reasons why they do like using bio parts is that they don't show up basically as a foreign element whereas a metal often can so there's still a bit of problems here one of the interesting parts about this design of this heart though aside from its customization is that they're using fuel cells to actually hydrogen fuel cells to make the electromechanical response for the heart so instead of using a small battery power they're actually using cool new ways of, of getting that energy creating this kind of thing will reduce the need for organ transplants or it's able to mean that everyone has a chance of living longer. You wouldn't have as many um, operations because there would be less chance of this... Um, failing. Yeah, yeah, failing or getting worn down through the years. Yeah, that's really true. So that's that's a life-saving application of 3D printing. So aside from the life-saving applications with surgery, there's also some life-saving applications with super heroics. Batman! 3D printed Batman. Yep. And an actual bat wing rather than a man. Oh, well, look, cut, look. That's a bit disingenuous. <laughs> I don't know. If you made a really big one, you could be a proper Batman. So so what, what's what's happening here, Camille? Okay, so generally, you know, we all know bats fly really well. They have like the super elastic skin kind of thing, right? They can stretch up to 400% without tearing. That's crazy. Intense. So for years, researchers have been studying the connections of bat wings. So the strong flapping. So looking at the bat wings presents opportunities for smaller aircrafts to be creative, like with bat wings rather than So they're looking at um, a small aircraft being created with wings that flap instead of just straight. Plane, yeah, aeroplane wings. And this so, is a whole area of design called biomimicry, where they look at yeah. nature and say, hey, nature invented this system that works really well. Let's copy that. Yeah, and so that's kind of being made available with 3D printing. So why, does it so, why is 3D printing so good for that? Well, like, you can't test things really with a bat. You can't say, hey, bat, can you flap your wings at a frequency of 8 hertz then raise it to 9 hertz so we can check out what happens you know because bats don't generally listen to us if we're going to go hey can you do this for us the bats going to go Aah! 
which or, is true, which is true. And I guess I with, with these 3D printings, you actually get to design and mold and make really quickly bat wings and test a whole bunch of different designs really quickly mm. as well. It means that you could specialize your entire like life or research or study or job into making bats and controlling artificial bats. And I guess that would make you Batman. <laughs> yeah. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, The Grange Point. We've been listening to a great show on 3D printing. We'll be covering a whole range of topics next week. So tune in then at 6pm Monday nights. Our ending and starting themes were produced by Audionatics and Jason Shaw. If you want to find out more, head to our website, ysa.org.au.